Hello, welcome to Cove Ed, a podcast series of interviews speaking with individuals about how the COVID-19 pandemic has affected them personally and professionally in the context of education. My name is Colin Hoving, and I'm currently working on my final project for my master's in educational leadership at the Institute of Christian Studies. For this episode, I spoke with Angie Bonvini, principal at Halton Hills Christian School. She is also in the master's program at ICS, and we were first connected in October 2019 when I visited her school to learn about their hiring process. She was in her own process of job shadowing to become the next principal, which is where our conversation begins. From there, she reflects on the past few years, what she has learned as a leader, and most importantly, a good reminder of our need to have our anchor in Christ. I hope you enjoy. Kanji, okay, I want to start in October 2019. So you and I, that's when you and I first got connected. So part of the program, one of the courses, How to Coach a Strong Team, we came to your school, Holt Hills Christian, to learn about your hiring process and the way you set it up. And at the time, you guys have a pretty unique process of bringing in candidates for the day uh, and then kind of seeing them in action in the classroom, how they're interacting with students, how they're interacting with staff and kind of have them in a couple of different scenarios. And then for yourself, you were in the middle at that time of going through the process of potentially becoming the next principal at the school, which you eventually became successful in doing that. How did you see that shadowing process as we headed into not knowing at the time, uh, six months later into a pandemic? And how do you think that helped you as you made that transition into a principal? I think the process, yeah, like you said, not knowing that the pandemic was even going to hit. But it just, it gave opportunity for that networking, which looking back on it now, I realize how important that really was. Uh, just that authentic, like authentic opportunities for leadership. So once the pandemic did hit, uh, we were able to utilize the fact that I was shadowing in a leadership role and then split up some of the tough things that leaders had to do and navigate. Um, and I was able to, to help out a lot with those. Um, so again, on the job training, right? Like that just really put your feet, feet to the fire kind of thing. I would say to it, uh, having the mentorship was so important because even amidst getting ready or for virtual learning or those kinds of things, we could talk it out. Again, that network, that leadership team aspect was really, really important. Uh, you weren't handling conflicts or, or crisis or any of these situations alone, but there was definitely a network. And that's something I really appreciate about Halton Hills Christian School is that there is that leadership uh, team. It's not just uh, one person, but there's a network of people who are navigating those things together. And that makes it, in, in a lot of ways, it makes it easier. It's hard stuff, but it makes it easier when you can do it together. So then because of, uh, in a lot of situations, you know, a, a job posting goes up, a traditional way of a job posting goes up and you apply for it in your case, say, and then you get hired and there's not really a shadow process. How do you think or where do you think that goes for you if you don't even have that kind of shadowing before starting your leadership role? Well, I think so much of the reason that our board decided to go this route with the shadowing and is because culture is so important uh, to us as a school. And so, yeah, there's skills, there's abilities that you need, but so much of that can be learned. Um, but if you're already a fit for culture, that's huge. For me, I already had the trust of the community. So I think even moving into the pandemic, that was foundational. Like 
I have a, a friend in uh, educational leadership as well, and and he moved across country uh, to start at a, um, his first job as a principal at a new school from Alberta. Now moved to Ontario, um, brand new community, and he did amazing. But that first little bit, it was it wasn't hit the ground running. It was gain the traction and the trust of the community, and I think having already had that with my community, having been a teacher there already with a lot of leadership opportunities throughout my career, uh, that, yeah, just laid such a foundation uh, to be able to then springboard into whatever this crisis did bring. So that was huge. But again, that culture piece. Yeah, I, I was already on board with where the school was going and what we were doing and championing, championing those, uh, those types of things. Even the pedagogy and the 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 social emotional learning and just where God was taking the school, um, so that was that was huge. Oh, that's excellent. And then as we, yeah, that transition piece of we kind of go into June. I know for myself, we brought in the grade twelves in individual time slots with their families so that we could piece together a, a virtual graduation. And I remember being there and kind of a lot of families asking like, "What do you think?" And I and I genuinely believe that by September, it was going to kind of be back to some kind of normalcy. And uh, we were able to come back in person in September. And obviously, there was a lot of restrictions in place, but at least we were in person. But how was that kind of first summer and that first transition into, okay, I mean, I have this network and I have a leadership team, but now I am the principal and, and this this is where I'm at right now. How, how did that go for you in transitioning and still knowing uh, having a lot of unknown, but still in the pandemic as well. Yeah, I think that that first summer, what a whirlwind. Like, I think we were just like you, I thought it was going to be done, right? We thought this was like crisis mode and we were done, um, but it just kept going and going. And I think that's where everyone just had like this fatigue. And at the beginning, you're like, you go because adrenaline is taking you, right? And you're like, okay, this is actually, it's awful, but it's exciting because everything's new and and we're pivoting and we're changing and we're adapting and um, we're doing this together. And then through that summer, it was just so much, so many unknowns. And so you're reaching out to different people. I will say like a huge blessing of it was the opportunities to network, right? The opportunities to see where other people were at and not do things on your own. I just think when you're an island, you can do it. You can but it's so much harder because you're reinventing everything from the ground up. And, and why, right? Like we always said, we're like work smarter, not harder. And I don't remember where we got that catchphrase, but there's so many opportunities to learn from others as they do it as well. So that summer, yeah, you're creating kind of different scenarios. And I remember thinking, okay, I have to rest. I have to rest, but it was hard to um, kind of shut your mind off a little bit. Right. But again, reaching out to different people, experts in different fields, getting the opinion of others, communication, that was huge. I remember hearing from, from a leader, I think it might have been Craig Rochelle, but he said, you, you can never, ever over communicate, communicate, communicate. And then when you think you've communicated enough, communicate some more. And so that was really important too. So that summer, I spent a lot of time writing and um, figuring out what I wanted to say to the community based on all the research we had done. We put a little task force together 
to research some of the different pieces or the elements that we would need based on public health guidelines and things like that. So again, not doing it on my own, but empowering others in different areas. Um, who are the experts? I mean, like that's what a leader is, as far as I'm concerned. It's not knowing everything. It's knowing who to ask to put all the pieces in place in the puzzle. So I got really good at surrounding myself with people who were way smarter than me, um, which wasn't hard to do as far as I'm concerned. But um, yeah, so it was good. Just uh, partnering with others who, who could take us to where we needed to be in September. But it was exhausting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know so much of each time in each of the courses when uh, through this master's program, when we've done site visits or we've done a, a call with an expert practic- practitioner, they're always talking about uh, how leaders can get into silos, right? And you, uh-huh. you kind of put your head down and you're doing all this different thing and you you kind of realize you're not looking anywhere else. And then it's it's okay to reach out to another principal or reach out to, you know, they talk about surrounding yourself with, you know, have a really good HR contact outside yeah. of the school system, have a good lawyer, you know, make a good connection with your pastor or someone in the, in the pastor field that you trust that you can talk to. Right. And it's harder, it's harder than done because you're kind of like, well, I'm a leader. So it's, it's, you know, being humble enough to do that. And I know that's one of the things you talk about at Holden Hills Christian is, is being humble. Right. And, uh-huh. um, but I remember too, like advance every Tuesday, having that, that zoom call where you could come on and, and some weeks it was about a specific thing. And other weeks it was, Hey, let's just connect with each other. We'll go into breakout rooms. And at that time it was really locked down that you weren't going into your school. You were kind of, everyone was kind of at home. And if you were in your school, it was really just you and maybe the office admin or something. Right. So I remember that connection point of just being able to, like you said, there's multiple people here that we can talk to uh-huh. We're all kind of in the same boat. We all don't really know what the next day is going to bring or the next announcement. Right. So I really appreciated that about advance too. So then, yeah, through that school year, um, you, you, you spoke to it, but a lot of kind of going back and forth and uh, what are some kind of the takeaways that you remember from that first school year of, of moving through the pandemic and your, your first year in leadership? Yeah. So I think, Again, the biggest thing was that communication piece. I think people, like when you know something, just share it with your community rather than leaving them in the dark or wondering or talking about what ifs. Um, let them know uh, as, as much as, as you're able to. And I always said that to our community. I said, if I know, I will tell you. Um, but beyond that, you're just, you're guessing or you're, you're wondering or um And it's exhausting, I think, for a community to be led as well, right? So again, I I know I feel like a broken record, but going back to that foundation of trust, right? Like you can trust that when I say I'm going to share things with you that I know, I will share them um, and communicate that way. I think, yeah, just the partnerships with different people, utilizing your community. Like we had even on that task force, um, one of our board members just really uh, involved in, um, I think his job title was like literally scientist. Um, but like there's people in your community and if you can network and, and find out who the experts are in different areas, um, mm-hmm. they can help so much uh, with those things. So yeah, um, making connections, right? Making connections with people that you normally wouldn't, um, but putting yourself out there and asking the questions and then really getting involved in advance. That was huge. I don't know, like with this crisis, I think that was a blessing of it too, is 
reaching out to advance and really connecting to them as an organization. I know we always have as a school, um, but for me as a new leader, I think I would have maybe put the blinders on a little bit and, and siloed um, just to get the job done, right? But through the pandemic, you couldn't, you couldn't do it on your own. And so reaching out and utilizing all the incredible resources that Advance gave us and provided and points of connection, um, that was amazing. And so it's kind of formed a bit of a habit early on in my leadership journey uh, to reach out and, and partner with others um, and make sure that I am connecting. And then a big piece of it was also... Um, Something that I learned is, and my mentor had, had told me this so often, she said, guard the soul of your, your leadership. Like that is so important, your spiritual journey. And sometimes we can get so busy doing the business of it all that that's the part that we neglect. And I even found in this year, starting to slip into patterns of uh, not not making sure that I'm having that time with God, that, that dedicated time with God and man, is it ever draining? And then you realize, Oh, right. That's the gas in the tank. And if I'm not doing that, then how's that, how am I fulfilling that, that piece of life and, and that journey. And so that's really important too. So connection with others to ensure that you're, you're maintaining again, that soul of your leadership, but then that alone time with God, uh, as well. Really, really important. Yeah, because you can just, you can get too busy, too busy doing the thing that you think is most important, and it's not. Because mm -hmm. um, without that time, it just, yeah, you're kind of floundering a bit. Yeah, so springboarding, I don't know if you have any more to add to that, because I know we took um, the How to Finance a, a Vision courses this past, uh, this past winter, and we a meeting with uh, Central Christian School in St. Louis, and they spoke very deeply about that of self-care and it's something again yeah. where we've heard it I for myself I've heard it from so many different leaders that we spoke to over through this program and you think yourself like oh am I doing a good job of that and you realize you likely aren't um, because like you said there's so much going on so yeah were there any other things that you were kind of pouring into to help with that as you're trying to again navigate your first year leadership we're in the middle of a pandemic. What are some things that uh, kind of helped you in that regard? Self-care. Yeah, I think a lot of it is even the, the permission to say that there's no one way to do it, right? Like I always, um, and everyone has their own story, but always growing up, I thought, you know what? I have to, it has to be first thing in the morning. And um, I have to spend this much time in prayer and this much time reading scripture. And you know what? Seasons of life are, are different and they change. And especially as a leader in, in the educational system and, and Christian schools, I would say specifically, but there's a rhythm, right? So there's, um, I always heard this, like find a work-life balance and it always kind of irked me. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. What is work-life balance? But then I heard it spoken about it a different way. And it was that rhythm, find the rhythm that's needed um, for the job that you're in. And so obviously like July, August is gonna look different than June or December even, right? In the life of a leader. So what does the rhythm look like? And not how does God fit into that, but, but how do you fit everything around your relationship with God? He has to be the first thing, right? So in the morning, yeah, was it conducive during the pandemic to the very first thing I do is I wake up and I spend time with God? Honestly, it wasn't. I had to check if I had all my teachers or if someone had a mm -hmm. symptom. Yes. And then I had to start 
like right into crisis mode or like problem solving or, okay, who am I going to get to teach that class or which supply teachers or whatever it was, right? So it didn't work to go to your natural rhythm of what you did do. So then being creative about, okay, how, how do I continue to make God the priority, but also doing the job that he's called me to do well. And a big piece of that is also that expectation. I think a lot of leaders fall into this, I have to do it perfectly. Well, what does that even mean? Like, what is perfect? You have to do the job that God's called you to do, and he is going to equip you. And I always said that. I said, God, if you're going to make me do this, and I, and I don't mean it like that, but mm-hmm. if you're going to if you're gonna have me do something like this, it's got to be you, and you're going to have to give me the strength to do it because I know in and of myself, I actually do not have what it takes to do this. Um, and I think with that mindset, that humility piece comes easy because you know it's not you, right? You, mm-hmm. you can't actually do it. It has to be God through you. So when you take God out of the equation, it's like, Yep, not surprised. I'm gonna fall flat on my face. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has to be part of that, and and daily, right? So it dedicated time, maybe not, but it's the crying out, the saying, "God, I'm stuck. Like, what do I do? Send me the right people. Help me with the connections that that need to happen. Take us uh, to the places that you would have us take us, and and pull me out of the equation. I don't want my agenda. I want yours." Um, and I'm, I'm along for the ride. I'll do what you've called me to do. I'll be faithful to it, even when it's hard, but it has to be you, not me. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, as you spoke to that, I, what came to my mind was the first few times where you have your first few cases and it's deep into the, deep into the night and you're still working through contact tracing, figuring out who's going to be at home and all those different things. And then, yeah, those different times, I remember driving in the next morning and didn't really feel like you were even at home and then it was you know where am I finding the strength right and and as you said it was a a very quick reminder of I'm not I'm not doing this alone Um, no and if I think I'm doing this alone I'm gonna get tired real fast and I'm not gonna have anything left right so exactly yeah it was definitely a pull there and then uh yeah we were able to I don't know we probably had that six-week period from February to April where we were back in school Mm -hmm. and then the uh the, the new April spring break kind of came around and then how are you doing at that point as a school, as a community? And then, yeah, in April it was, Oh, it's, it's going to be two weeks. It's going to be a two week spring break. And then we're going to come back. And obviously that trickled right into June and we kind of finished the year online. And yeah, you talked earlier about fatigue and, and not really having a lot of known at that point. So how are you doing? How's, how's the community doing? And what's it looking like for you as a school at that point? Yeah, I think as a community, our hope was just to, um, or our desire was really to just keep the hope up for our community, right? Like, again, you're pivoting so often, like pivot became a curse word. Mm -hmm. Like you don't want to say it because it just triggers people. And um, yeah, in the spring of 2021, I, I remember just thinking like, okay, enough. Like, when is this going to end? And the longer this crisis goes on, I would say the, the less patience or compassion people have, right? Or even tolerance for, for all these changes and these pivots. But just really um, for us as a community, it was a chance to be in, be in um, our, our students and our families' homes. So we took advantage of that. And a big piece of this, this started even in spring of 2020, 
uh, where Marianne Van Gore, our former principal, she uh, did devotions every single day. We did it as a community. Mm-hmm. Um, and we continued that. Every time we were at home, we hopped online. We had our school-wide Zoom link and we did, uh, we started our day together as a community. And so really being intentional about what we spoke there um, was important. Um, sharing uh, God's faithfulness. Our, our school theme was um, Unstoppable God in 2021-22. So we talked a lot about how Regardless of our circumstances, it doesn't change who God is or what he can do. Um, so holding on to that truth and being able to share that school wide with the community was really, really important. But again, people, people were getting tired. Uh, we were able to survey the community and just say, like, how, like, how are you doing? We gave as many resources as we could. Technology, students were able to use uh, Chromebooks throughout the pandemic, if they needed at home, just to whatever we could to make it easier for them. Um, we were online quite a bit. Uh, we have a lot of working families, so as, as an elementary school, making sure that we were still there as connection points. A lot of our teachers, uh, well, all of our teachers were there connecting with the kids uh, for the most part for full days, and I think that was a p- important for a lot of our families. But yeah, the fatigue on our end as staff um, and as educators, but also for families. Um, Mm -hmm. And so we, when we did survey the families, we listened to them and our board approved, sorry, that's my dog in the background. Our board did approve us ending school uh, a week early, which I think was the right move. Even looking back, just people were done. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Exhausted, exhausted by it, but then able to do an end of the year parade like, like the year before, right? So just having that bit of closure and finality to the year and saying, okay, summer now, let's regroup, refresh, restart um, in September. Yeah. So that's how we ended 2021. For sure. And then, I mean, you, ha- you head into that summer again, you've, you've finished your first year, and, but we head into the next school year, still not really, you know, it's still, COVID is still around. We're still having a lot of uncertainty and you're you're planning for it how are you doing at that point and and what is that looking like for you as we head into this past school year yeah so I would say I I was a little better at taking a break um I took a full week off uh in (laughs) July so that was nice went up uh uh to my brother's cottage and um just unplugged for a little bit um but at the same time again it's these unknowns right not knowing what September is going to look like and and then even hiring, uh, right? We had to do our cohorts and I guess that was uh, the year before as well, but all the hiring that needed to happen and uh, figuring those things out. Yeah, I guess the years kind of blur together a little bit. Yeah, um, but again, really trying to encourage the staff to step away. Um, and I don't think over the course of my teaching career, have I ever had a principal say to me, put an out of office when you leave for summer. And I did that both. Well, I did that constantly throughout this pandemic. I said, at Christmas time, staff put it out of office, say you'll return at this time and you'll answer emails then. Um, March break, do it. Summer, do it as well. And so I took my own advice and I put a little out of office last summer too, for especially for that week. Um, and then again this summer. But 
you, you learn different things like that just, just to make sure you get a little bit of distance because um, I'm sure you've heard that saying, it's a bit cliche, but you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm-hmm. And I think so many of us as leaders, we know that, but we don't actually live it out. We don't Absolutely. actually fill our cup, right? Um, or we think, no, no, I'll just one more email or one more check or one more phone call or... Um, no, there has to be that, that discipline. And I talk like I, I know what I'm doing. I don't, I'm learning this more and more every single day, um, every single week and month and year. Um, and I hope to get a lot better at it, but yeah, you have to find, be disciplined enough to find those ways to, uh, to refresh, but going, in, going into this, um, this past year, I would say ensuring that my staff felt hopeful revisited their why, made sure that they had permission to pause and slow down. That was kind of the theme of, of our year going into this, yeah, 2021, 22 school mm-hmm. year. And it had, they had to be reminded over and over again, right? Because yes. as things get quote unquote normal, you fall back into patterns, you fall back into the way things were. And I'm not sure that's always the best move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we can kind of go there as now we're, you know, this past school year, we're in year three of the pandemic. And what are some of the things that COVID prompted change at Halton Hills and that you're using at that point that you're saying, yeah, it gave us an opportunity to rethink of how we're doing some of these things. And hey, we really like how that's went or yeah, that didn't go as well as we thought. What are some of the changes that you've implemented that are, are still kind of working for you? Yeah, well, we looked at definitely our outdoor um, learning opportunities, like just being able to utilize our property. We've been gifted and blessed with such an incredible property. And even prior um, prior to my own leadership, like um, the leadership beforehand, I had worked so hard on creating um, our wetlands area. And so the fact that like it, God's timing always, right? Like the fact mm-hmm. that we could utilize that and and um, really lean into that during this pandemic was huge. Um, Our science curriculum, man, like it it just blossomed because of um, all the work that had gone into it before and then being forced um, outside more, right? And and saying to our community, yeah, we're gonna utilize our property. Um, So that's been a real blessing um, and something that we will definitely continue. We even, on, on our two ponds um, in the wetlands, we ended up trying out skating, right? So things like that, having opportunities for outdoor there, we were able to buy low ropes equipment um, for the forest. And so uh, developing that as part of our phys ed uh, curriculum, but even just like team building and opportunities for kids to um, take risks, right? And, uh, and, and try something new and encourage each other and just things that we always want our students um, uh, to gain, experiences that we want them to gain. We've been able to uh, use things that have come out of the pandemic uh, to even further that, like the, lo- the low ropes. Mm-hmm. Um, we did, again, using our property, uh, we did Christmas in the wetlands. Mm-hmm. We wanted so badly to just gather as a community and do something. Christmas is really, really big for us as a school. And we often do, well, every year we do a very big Christmas musical, but to pack that many people in our gymnasium, there was no way, right? When we couldn't even do uh, assemblies together, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I was quite done with uh, virtual Christmas. <laughs> so we, we utilized everything that we've learned through technology. And um, we did do something kind of virtual, but we turned it into QR code stations. And so it was a walk through the wetlands, Christmas in the wetlands. And so each station had a QR code that families could watch as they walked through and there was hot chocolate and um, opportunity to just gather together. There were fires along the path as well that people could gather at a little bit. And um, yeah, every student had a part in it, whether um, being recorded or being hosts or um, painting these murals or whatever it was, but it was an opportunity to, again, just share the story of Christ's birth and his love for us and be a community. And we did it differently. So we did it outside. So then going into now a, again, quote unquote, more normal year, will we just go back indoors and just go back to what we did do? No, we talked about it as a staff and we're going to take some of those really great aspects of gathering outside and using the lights in the forest and that whole atmosphere and and we'll kind of amalgamate the two. Um, so that's been a blessing uh, from COVID as well. Mm-hmm. Just having to think creatively, right? And then utilize that moving forward. We talk a lot about um, in the program and in our courses about reflective practice. And that's mm-hmm. a staple at ICS. And it may be um, still fresh in you know the second week of July. But what do you take from this past school year? I know that um, for myself, it was... It was another year that we we moved through the pandemic, but there, I mean, I think it, again, I'm speaking on my own personal experience, but um, we obviously had a lot this year in terms of uh, a lot of people really started to dig their opinions into the sand and um, there was a whole range of things. And uh, as, you know, restrictions started to loosen or uh, individuals felt like it was time for things to change, uh, it was really hard to navigate as at a leadership level of when do we make these decisions? How do we make these decisions? How do we communicate things so that it feels like everybody is being heard? Um, and then, yeah. And, and then you're trying to put things back into place. I mean, for myself, uh, it was really fun having sports back in the spring uh-huh. really felt like zero to a hundred really fast of like, Whoa, this is really intense. Um, and it was, it was beautiful of how many kids were able to be involved in it, but it was kind of a sprint to the end of a lot of things coming back. So how did that, you know, how did that transition period go for you? How did the finish go in terms of um, a lot of things coming back at once? And, and what did that look like for you as yourself as a leader and then for the school too? Yeah, I think I, I've done a lot of reflecting on it and just naturally I'm, I'm pretty reflective kind of person, which drives some people nuts. But <laughs> I think, I think it's important because otherwise you're going to just live through things and not learn from them. Right. And to mm-hmm. me, what's the point then I would say that we, my experience was similar to yours. It was so exciting and refreshing to be able to have some of those things back um, that we know makes, makes our schools what they are, right? And, and for our students especially. But I would say we probably tried to cram too much into a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, our, our teachers, myself, like almost to the point of burnout right? Like in that short sprint and thank goodness summer was coming like right around the corner, but 
things like, um, as an example, basketball couldn't happen for elementary schools in January, February, like it did. And then all of a sudden at the end of the year, May and June, we're like trying to pull off a basketball season Mm -hmm. and we did it and the kids loved it. And, but I'm like, Oh, that made for a really busy time. There's a reason we schedule out the the year the way that we do right the ebbs and flows of all the different activities and programming and things like that but yeah what a whirlwind at the end um but but exciting that we could could do what we did mm-hmm. um i would say for our community um yeah again like like you mentioned there was maybe a little less uh yeah compassion or tolerance or um patience uh for for things that were happening and, and a lot of opinions flying around and things like that, but just reminding the community to hold on to the fact that like we are in this together. And I know that was a mantra at the beginning, right? We're in this together. We're in this together. And there there was a lot of that going on in 2020, 2021. I feel like it became a little bit more, not just our school, but as a, as a culture, as a society, um, more about like me and my needs. Absolutely. And so that's something we were fighting even with our students, right? And so even our students coming back, uh, just reminding them in a in a very Christ-like way, as much as we could, right? It's it's actually not all about you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's about us as a community and and what does that look like and how do we practically live that out? But yeah, all the things, all the the trips, all of those kind of things, amazing, um, but definitely took a toll on on the community as well. Something as practical as even like um, police checks. I don't know if uh, other schools experienced this, but suddenly we could go on all these field trips, and we had parents saying, "Well, I don't have my police check." Right. So a very practical thing like that. So rethinking now. Okay, what does next year look like? Well, we have all these parents who don't have their police check. How do we offer them an opportunity, um, easy, easy opportunity to get that uh, right at the beginning of the year, uh, even if we host it? So, again, lots of chances for us to rethink what we do and why we do it um, and then how to um, implement that even even into our school year. I think a lot of it, too, is going to be building that capacity back up for ourselves and for our staff. and, And then how do you how do you do that gently in terms of like you just talked about it and it's something that I kind of look after as well at our school is is our our service trips and our different trips and without having that for two years it's kind of like oh I kind of liked having you know that not having that three-day trip in my in my year or my space or coaching or doing music or improv and whatever it might be of implementing that back in and then you filled your time in a different way Uh but now it's like these are the things, like you said, identifying our why of what's important to the school. I'm going to need you on board with this again. Um, how can we support you, but also weighing the option or weighing the importance of the school as well, too. Right? So I think that's going to be a big piece of slowly implementing those things, but also trying to support staff, too. Right? For sure. It's that that reevaluating, right? Like, and in, in you and I talked about that, reevaluating why we do what we do. So something that we've done as a school, we looked at our, even our schedule and we just thought like, oh, we're just like running around like chickens with our head cut off. Like, it's just, it's crazy. So why, why is it so fast paced? 
is there a way even structurally that we can just slow things down um, logistically? And so that's something that we're implementing next year as we're going down to from eight periods to six periods, a little bit longer. We're implementing some more quiet times, a bit of a longer recess, just kids, get kids to reset. We also noticed um, through all of this, the uh, student interactions uh, were, were tough. Um, at an elementary level, just the mm. amount of conflicts and mm. um, working out recess problems. I mean, that's part of life, recess, recess conflict. Um, but I would say in the last two years, it's just grown exponentially. And so making that part of what we teach, right? So teaching has changed in some part due to the pandemic, because yeah. there aren't those maybe life skills uh, that that would have been more explicit had we not been at home learning online um, the whole time. And our students gained some incredible skills because of that, right? At technology or independence or um, so, so there's the pro, the, there's the positives from it, but there's definitely some deficits as well. And so we're going to be, I think, um, teaching to that for the next number of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for us, we had a number of upon return um, just things happening on social media yes. and then because that was their way of interacting with each uh-huh. other and then um, and then you bring it back in person and then these things are still trickling on on social media but now you're seeing that person and then at a few times where you'd sit those people in a room together and they'd have to talk to each other face to face and the whole dynamic of the conversation changed because it was like oh now I'm not behind a screen yeah really saying what I want right so again like you said it's there was the positives, there was the learning moments. Um, and then what do we take out of it? So I guess, yeah, to kind of wrap things up there, uh-huh. what are you kind of, you spoke to it, but yourself as a leader, uh, what do you take from these, these last few years, things that you've learned and then take moving forward? And then, yeah, I mean, I think you've covered the, the school portion, but for yourself as a leader, what do you, what do you take in moving forward? Yeah, for me, I think it's that I don't want to call it self care, because I think it's more than that. It's it's the discipline of knowing when to say yes, and when to say no. But a lot of that comes out of that reflection piece that you talked about, right? Like, really getting to know yourself, not just as a person, but as a leader. So as a leader, I'm more susceptible to fill in the blank, right? Like whatever it is. So really understanding who you are as a leader will help you to lead better. And I know I've spoken to leaders over the years and a lot of it is a lot of growing as a leader is, um, is seen as like my craft or being an expert in my area and, and that kind of thing. But I think it's so much more than that. And as I've grown as a leader and will continue to grow as a leader, it's not just as a principal, although there are many, many things I need to grow in, right? Like you look at HR, you look at finances, you look at um, uh, pedagogy, like all of those educational things, but so much more is about people mm-hmm. and, um, and leadership that, that spans across industries and organizations. And so I think if we can grow our leadership capacity and leadership ability, um, that is really, really far reaching. And that impacts our relationships with our students and it impacts our relationships with our parents, with our staff, with our supporters, like just so, so far reaching. So I would say for me, I'm going to continue to just really work on that, building my leadership capacity 
And that means learning not just from educational leaders or mentors or that kind of thing, but, but worldwide. There's, there's so many examples of, of great leaders, yeah, on the world stage, but even in my community. So I think it's a variety of that. So for me, it's learning from others always. Um, that, that's helped me um, in this past two years, but I'm going to continue to do that. And then just listening, being able to listen to other people's stories and reflectively take what I can from it. Um, Because I think the more we listen and the more we hear other people out, the more uh, we have the opportunity to just really learn from them so that I, again, I don't have to learn everything on my own, right? Work smarter, not harder. I don't have to reinvent the wheel. Um, I just need to be aware of what's happening around me so that I can uh, take that into account and apply it in my own situation. And then um, the, I would say the biggest thing is continuing to rely on God. Mm-hmm. And, and part of that is knowing who he's placed in my life. Like I could not do what I do without the support of my family and specifically my husband. Like, I don't know how people do it again on their own, mm-hmm. right? Like you have to, God's placed us in community um, for a reason. And so relying on those people and not just relying on them, like actually appreciating them and telling them that, right? Like we can appreciate someone so much, but, but actually verbalizing that and making sure that they know um, that, that they're there as a support um, and, and vital, vital to what God is even doing uh, within the community. So. And I think, yeah, we talked, you know, it's been kind of a theme of our conversation of how much we've learned through these last three years of um, you kind of look at a, a leader at the top or in our case, a principal, right? And saying, mm-hmm. well, that person, that person has it all figured out in terms of all their different pieces. <laughs> yeah. And then how much we've, all the conversations we've had through our program and talking to other people of saying like, I'm not strong in financial or finances. That's why I have a really good financial administrator or. Exactly. Um, that's why I have this person doing this piece or this is the person I reach out to doing that. It's like, yeah, like that's the permission to know that I can, if I surround myself with really good people, it's going to help me, but I'm going to be in a lot better spot too. And you spoke a lot to that today. So yeah, I think that's, I think it's a good place to wrap. Angie, I really appreciate you sitting down and talking with me and that we could go through this and just to kind of hear and reflect on what you've taken from your first years of, of leadership and obviously in a, in a crazy time. So thank you Absolutely. again for, uh, for doing this. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks, Colin. My desire is that you can take away some of the great things that Angie spoke about in our conversation. As I mentioned at the intro of our conversation, a reminder of putting our trust in God will give us the strength we need, but will also help formulate our decisions and path, as well as the importance of good and intentional communication surrounding ourselves with people that can support us and have knowledge in a variety of areas. And finally, knowing who we have in our corners and intentionally showing our appreciation to them. Thanks for listening.